Please stand as we read God's word. John chapter 10, starting verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He was a hired hand and not a shepherd who is not the owner of the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative I have authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. Please be seated. The unique characteristics of the Good Shepherd. Japanese gangster Yamato Suzuki became a Christian. And he began to minister to other criminals. He would preach at train stations and in public squares, using his criminal past to grab people's attention. His numerous tattoos, several amputated fingers, gave him credibility as being a part of the Yakuza organized crime family. Suzuki, now 67, founder of Mission Barnabas, a group of reformed gangsters who have embraced Christ as Savior and Lord. The Yakuza crime family includes 80,000 members involved in extortion and the rackets and prostitution and gambling. They were responsible for many bloody shootouts on the streets. In Japan, Christianity is not popular. It's about 1.5% of the population. But Suzuki's church in Tokyo overflows on Sundays and attracts converts by targeting his former colleagues and other hoodlums. In the first four years of his ministry, he baptized seven members of crime syndicates. And he persuaded them to leave the underworld. Suzuki dates his conversion to a point when he was deep in debt, taking drugs, plays plagued by illness, put a gun to his head, but he didn't pull the trigger because he didn't have the nerve. And then he remembered that his wife was a Christian, and so he went to church. He said, I told the minister I was a gangster who had done time, deserted his wife and child, and I was beyond redemption. But the minister talked to me about God's love. And the meaning of the cross. He returned to his family and was accepted immediately. He said, that made me believe in the existence of unconditional love and the fact that people can start over again. Verse 10 of chapter 10. 
The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The worst thief, the father of all lies, wanted Suzuki to pull that trigger. The good shepherd wanted to give him life. The false shepherds like the Pharisees, they were hired hands. They were self-centered. They were in it for the money. They were in it for the self-glory. The good shepherd and his good under-shepherds demonstrated selflessness. As we look at the ministry God's given us, all of us have some kind of ministry, whether it's with our family, good news clubs, women's ministry, worship team, youth group. Are we good shepherds or are we false shepherds? Are we just hirelings? We become good shepherds by coming to know the chief shepherd and following his example. I heard a new statistic on, of those who are truly Christians. Of everybody who calls themselves a Christian, it's believed that only 8% actually are. That they've come to faith in Christ, they trust him alone for salvation, they've repented of their sin. And you can't be a shepherd unless you know the good shepherd, the chief shepherd. And then you're involved in growing in Christ. The unique characteristics of the good shepherd, point one, he lays down his life for the sheep. 11 through 13. Make no mistake, being a shepherd, especially pastor, elder, deacon, is sacrificial work. Do not sign up unless you're ready to sacrifice and be faithful to your calling. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In verses 1 through 10, Christ said he's the door. He provides the way to heaven. His death, he lays it down. It's not taken from him. Emphasis is on his voluntary and vicarious death. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. Now the God of peace who brought Up from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood, through the blood of the eternal covenant. Even Jesus, our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To whom be the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. The great shepherd accomplished his purposes for his sheep. 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Stressing his second coming. To reward those who served him as under shepherds. These passages highlight the focal points of Christ's ministry. As the good shepherd... As the good shepherd, Christ dies for his sheep. As the great shepherd, Christ rises from the dead so he can serve his sheep as their advocate. As the chief shepherd, he returns to reward faithful servants. If we believe in Christ, in some way we're shepherds. And I'm not talking about, you know, women being pastors. But to a greater or lesser extent, we have give, we've been given oversight of others. 
either in your family, in your business, in church, in government. In these duties, we need to be selfless and compassionate and faithful and firm when necessary. We need to be faithful in the good times and the bad times as our master was. Verse 12. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired man is is doing the job for what he can get out of it. He doesn't care for the sheep. Verse 13. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. The good shepherd is ready to die. The hireling is not. I had a roommate when I first came out here in 1979. And uh, he was a security guard at an um, apartment building at night. And I said to him, well, boy, I bet people in the, that apartment building feel pretty good that somebody's watching after them, making sure nobody breaks in. And he goes, oh, I go to the office and sleep all night. I said, well, you know, people are thinking, you, you know, they're safer because you have that job. And he said, I'm not going to risk my life for four fifty an hour. He was a hireling. Mark 10:45 for the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to what give his life a ransom for many it was rare for a shepherd to die defending a sheep the sheep of the good shepherd fared well not so with the hired man he has no pride of ownership the mishnah the oldest authoritative post-biblical collection of Jewish oral laws, the Mishnah lays down legal responsibility for the hired shepherd. It was one thing if there was only one wolf attacking. So, If so, he was required to defend the sheep. But if there were two wolves, he would not be blamed if the owner lost a sheep. Jesus Christ gave his life for the sheep Without condition. There was no escape clause. Chinese house church pastor, Q. Yanzi, spent three years in jail. He was tortured for the first months in prison, slapped hundreds of times, handcuffed with both arms behind his back and raised in the air and beaten. He and every other prisoner had to string 2,500 Christmas tree bulbs every day with a thin wire to be exported to America. He wouldn't be there if he refused to preach the gospel, if he had been ashamed of the gospel. He was ready to die for his Savior. If we're going to be the kind of shepherds Christ is, we have to be ready to make sacrifices. The Son of Man had no place to lay his head. He wasn't concerned with his comfort. And the Good Shepherd was blue collar. He was a carpenter. But he was God who became flesh and lived a perfect life so he could be a perfect sacrifice to save us from our sins. The Pharisees were fair weather shepherds. 
Christ was like the mailman. He always delivers the mail no matter what the weather, no matter what the danger. Like Carl Malone, remember with the Utah Jazz, the mailman, he always delivered. So the question is, what kind of shepherd are you? You like the hireling? Or are you like the good shepherd ready to lay down his life? And if we apply that to the church, yes, this is mainly a reference to Christ and then most applicable to pastors and elders and and deacons, but we all shepherd someone. And if we're active in ministry, we'll do that. Or if we have a family or if we don't live in a vacuum, there's someone we're guiding, we're leading. Number two, he knows his sheep, 14 through 16. Laying down his life for the sheep made it possible for his sheep to enter through the door by faith. Which makes them part of the fold. Laying down his life and taking it up again means he is the door. He is the way to heaven. There is no other way. Romans 1.4 Who has declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Christ conquered death. Only he could do that. It verified his claims that he is the Messiah. The hireling leaves the sheep. The wolf snatches them. The, the hireling runs away. Christ not only stays and dies, but he makes it possible for us to have a personal relationship with him. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Knows, to know, gnosko in the Greek. To know, to understand. Here being known by God has the idea of approval. Vine, in his commentary, says it's a knowing through constant experience and here mutual appreciation distinct from the Greek word oida, which conveys the idea of complete or absolute knowledge. He says, my my own sheep, because of faith, they belong to Christ. As we get ready for the communion table today, you want to be sure that you belong to Christ. Verse 15, even as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep as the the father appreciates all the son is to him. The son appreciates all the sheep are to him and the sheep in return appreciate Christ. There's a mutual admiration society there. I lay down my life for the sheep. He is our substitute. He took our place, offering himself on the cross as an atonement to satisfy the demands of God's law. No one else could do that. There's no other way to gain approval before God but to come before Christ with faith and repentance. You know, if we could keep the law perfectly, we wouldn't need a substitute. Turn for a minute to Galatians chapter 3. 
in verse 23. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have been clothed yourself, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. Not that there wasn't saving faith before Christ. I mean, yes, there was. Um, but only that there is a new covenant faith resting on the knowledge of Christ's finished work. So how were people saved before Christ came? Faith, yes. But since the fall, salvation has always been based on Christ. Christ's death paid the penalty for the past sins of Old Testament saints and future sins of New Testament saints like you and me. It has always been by faith in the God of the Bible. Psalm 2.12, do homage to the son that he not become angry and you perish in the way for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are those who take refuge in him. Genesis 15.6, which is repeated several times in the New Testament. Then he believed in the Lord and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Only Christ's once-for-all sacrifice can pay for our sins. To become one of God's fold, number one, you have to be chosen before the foundation of the world. Called with the effectual call, with God's irresistible grace drawing you to see your need. And then you trust Christ. And you repent. You turn around. You stop loving the world and you start loving Christ and the things of Christ. Turn over to Romans. Chapter 8, verses 29 and 30. For those, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. See, God, in, even before we were born, before the foundation of the world, started to act as a shepherd. The golden chain of salvation, this is what this is called. God acts on our behalf, on behalf of the elect, to bring about their salvation. That word foreknew always confused me. You know, at first it's like, you know, in, in um, Schofield's study Bible where he'd say that means he looks ahead and he chooses 
who choose him. But that's not what it means. To foreknow is to know, to enter into a relationship with. He entered into a relationship with us even before we were born. To foreknow. God chose to initiate a relationship with those who would become children of God, and then he predestined us. It means he marked us out for salvation, and he called us. That's the effectual call. And he justified us to declare someone righteous because of their faith in Christ. He opened, the, he opened our eyes to our need for Christ. And then he'll glorify us one day when we're in heaven. What a beautiful thing. Christ's knowledge of us began in eternity past and continues through our birth and conversion and death and resurrection and the eternal state. He knows us by name. He knows our joys. He knows our sorrows. He cares. Trust your cares to him, for he cares for you. Matthew 10.30, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. And that is getting easier and easier for, for him to count mine. He looks after us by, by giving us the Holy Spirit and through Christ's intercession. This is proof that Christ is the good shepherd. 1 Corinthians 8.3 But if anyone loves God, he is known by him. Do you love God this morning? 2 Timothy 2.19 Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having the seal. The Lord knows those who are his and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. A new relationship with God. If you've come to Christ, a new relationship with God demands a new way to live, a new way to think, a new way to treat others. Christ proves he knows us and provides the way by laying down his life. We prove we know him by faith and by turning away from wickedness. The sheep, you and me, Know Christ as we experience his love and care. We know his mind from the word illuminated by the spirit. The fact that the sheep know him so well is clear proof that Jesus is the good shepherd of their lives. Again in John 10. Verse 4. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. They follow me. First Corinthians thirteen twelve. for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully just as I also have been fully known when Christ comes back. We will know God in a deeper and fuller way in the future. Praise the Lord. But for now, this knowing saves us and gives us the abundant life, the contented life. Verse 16. 
I have other sheep which are not in this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. While he would die for the Jews, he would also seek out the Gentiles, us, anyone who's not a a Jew. Thank God his plans included the Gentiles. I have other sheep is also an intimate term. The sheep pen in verses 1 through 5 represents Judaism. Jesus calls his own sheep out of the fold. The remaining sheep in that pen are unbelieving Jews. Other sheep that are not of this pen, meaning the Gentiles. They will hear his voice and there would be one flock with one shepherd. Salvation must first be, be announced to the Jews, but opens up to enlist Gentiles as well. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Christ died not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles, to make them one. That's true in principle, but in practice... It's very difficult with different doctrinal positions and and cultures. In a world full of hate, we need to be gracious when we disagree with brothers and sisters of any background. But we can't lose sight of the fact that God has made us one body. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Number three. He has authority... Over death and resurrection, 17 and 18. I don't have that authority. Do you? Only one person ever did, and that person is Jesus Christ. Another unique characteristic that makes him the chief shepherd. Verse 17. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. God loves Christ besides the eternal, inherent love that exists in the Trinity. There's a special appreciation for how Christ carried out the Father's will. And the Father's will was that Christ would die. God's love culminates in the greatest act of obedience. A willingness to bear the shame of the cross, the isolation, the rejection the sin and the curse reserved for the Lamb of God that should have fallen on us. It says in order to take it up again, death was not the end. And for those of us who know Christ, death is not the end. For those who don't know Christ, there's a second death. Matthew 16, 21 From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Verse 18, no one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down and I have the authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my father. Other passages say that Christ's enemies killed Christ. 
They did, but at the same time, it could not happen until his hour had come. And you remember, there were times when people wanted to stone him or throw him off a cliff, and he just would slip away because his hour hadn't come. It says, Christ was raised by his own will. Christ has the authority because he is, the, he is one with the Father. Our lives... The length of our lives are in his hands. And I am totally comfortable with that. A family returning from a missions trip were giving thanks to God after a near brush with death. Henry Anholt, who had never piloted a plane, took control of a single engine piper when the pilot had a heart attack and died. With the help of a part-time flight instructor on the ground, he landed safely. As Jesus had authority over his own death and resurrection, we can be sure we are under the care of the good shepherd. Romans 8:11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This morning, be certain you know Jesus Christ in a saving way. What did we learn today? Well, Christ is a good shepherd because he's the door. He lays down his life for the sheep. He's not like the hireling who runs away at the sight of trouble. He, he cares for us. He makes a personal relationship possible. If we want to be good shepherds, shepherds of our family, we must make sacrifices for those God has put under our care. We need to be ready, if need be, to die for them. Be prepared to eliminate things in your schedule that hinder your shepherding. Most importantly, pray for your sheep. Pray for your sheep. There's only one good shepherd, only one chief shepherd, only one great shepherd, all rolled into one, the person of Jesus Christ. How do we apply it? Yamato Suzuki heard the voice of the good shepherd and he followed him. At first he thought he was unredeemable, but he realized no one is unredeemable. And he made him, God made him a shepherd of a flock of ex-hoodlums like himself. I believe that's a good segue into communion. Because communion is for believers. It's a memorial of his death. We are to proclaim his death until he returns. And maybe today you heard his voice. You heard the shepherd's voice. And if so, trust in him. Matthew 11, Christ said, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. If you humble yourself and repent of your sin and trust Christ alone for your salvation. Saved from your sin, saved from the lies of the devil. 
saved from an eternal hell to live in the presence of God forever. Remember in the beginning I said there was a new statistic. Some people think only 8% of people who call themselves Christians are actually saved. And I would just say this to you. Make sure you're a part of that 8%. That you are one of Christ's sheep. You're a child of God through faith alone in Christ alone. 